WKAR Public Media at Michigan State University has launched Life Meet Tech, a new weekly podcast exploring the ways in which our daily lives intersect with technology and the impact technology has on us. How does technology help us live our best life and how does it hold us back? How can we harness the power of tech for good and how does it hurt us? Life Meet Tech explores these questions and more. The podcast is hosted by social scientist and technology enthusiast Prabhu David, who's dean of the College of Communication Arts and Sciences at Michigan State University. Each episode features lively and provocative conversations with an array of notable experts, authors, journalists, and industry leaders on all things tech life. MSU alumna Melanie Paul is executive producer of Life Meet Tech, and it's great to welcome both Prabhu and Melanie to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Russ. Enjoy to be here. Hi. So let me ask you both to just tell me sort of how did the idea for the podcast come about? How did you two meet and decide to do this? Well, Melanie says uh, during, the po- during the pandemic, everyone has been uh, driven to do something cool and creative. And it could be making sourdough bread or starting a podcast. I decided maybe sourdough was not my thing. (laughs) And I met up with Melanie, and she has terrific experience doing, uh, you know, producing media shows, and uh, we just hatched this idea. And Melanie, tell us a little bit more about your background and how you connected with Prabhu for this project. You know, being a Michigan State alumna, I've always stayed close to the university and specifically to, you know, Comart Sci. And I met Prabhu several years ago through, uh, through an event at the college. And we stayed in touch. And, he, you know, he's been wanting to do a special project for a while. And I've been wanting to have an opportunity to do something meaningful with Michigan State. And actually, this podcast was one of my silver linings of the pandemic, because it allowed all of us to work remotely, and that gave me finally the opportunity to be able to do an exciting new project with Michigan State, WKR, and the College of Commerce I. So that opportunity was super special for us. Also, I have to say, when Prabhu and I first started talking about this, you know, I normally produce shows, television shows, or digital content, and this was the first podcast I've ever I've ever produced and I was a little nervous about the subject honestly I'm not a technical person <laughs> I'm a storyteller when technology in my household breaks I turn it off I turn it back on I unplug it I plug it back in and that's usually the extent of it <laughs> so I was a little hesitant to you know dive into something where I'm not an expert but Prabhu said no 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 we're going to make this like super relatable and interesting, and it's going to be great. And he started talking about these ideas and themes that were fascinating. And I have to say, that's my favorite part of the podcast, is really, it takes these very top-line sort of big ideas and makes them relatable and informative and entertaining. That's so cool, because what's more pervasive in our lives than technology right now? And what is it you like about the podcast medium as a good way to get your message out? I personally consume a lot of podcasts. I love them. In fact, during the pandemic, I would have to say that, you know, podcasts were sort of companions in a way. You know, you, you can turn them on anywhere. 
You can take them with you. You can have them playing in the background while you do other things. And it's some of my favorite, favorite way to consume media, actually. So I think that podcasts, because they're so accessible and portable, you can listen to them anywhere. You can take them anywhere. They're convenient. You know, there's no destination viewing with a podcast. That's what makes the podcast medium so cool. And also, like, I don't know if you've ever done really a lot of searching on podcasts, but there is literally a podcast for everything. Prabhu, what would you add to that? No, you, you're quite right, Ross. More than a million podcasts, I think, uh, popped up during the pandemic, which shows that there is both a desire to tell a story and to listen to great storytelling. What I find most attractive about a podcast, personally though, is I love a good story. And uh, the reason why I got into producing one or being part of a podcast, one is Melanie's expertise. And she's done some amazing things for big name networks. And the fact that she would you know, collaborate with us on this project, that I felt gave me some confidence that, okay, I'm an expert hand, so even if I'm bumbling my way through this, she would help us. That's one. Two, I genuinely love to listen to people. And I, if you have the right people with the right insights and an important topic where technology and you know life intersect, every aspect of life is driven by technology these days. And to find ways in which we can make sense of it. Some of it is good, some of it is neutral, and some of it is bad. And we just need to be savvy, uh, you know, aware customers who can make a difference. Well, this is the MSU Today podcast, and we're talking about WKAR's new podcast, Life Meet Tech, with the host, Prabhu David, and the executive producer, Melanie Paul. And Prabhu, let me start with you. Tell me a little bit in general about your thoughts on how life meets tech and, and why you think these topics are important to discuss. So I'll tell you a story, if you don't mind. Is that okay? Yes. So we have uh, Shinola lost somebody stole five or six watches from there. So the Detroit police uh, officers and who are in charge, they began their investigation. And from there, they decided that the best way to determine this was to do some searching for images. They took some grainy video from what they saw from the security camera. They matched it with the database. And through that database, they got some hits. And lo and behold, a few days later, they show up at the house of Robert Williams in Farmington Hills. And his wife is standing there, his wife, uh, Melissa, and two, two girls. And they, the patrol car goes up to the house, and they handcuff him, and they put him in the car, and they take him away. Then when he's confused, he's like, what did I do? Why? What's going on here? So when Mr. Williams goes to the police station, they put three photos in front of him, and they say, this is why you're here. He recognizes one photo, which is his own photo from a driver's license. The other two are grainy photos that don't look anything like him. And they say, then one of the, the officers there says, oh, shoot, we made a mistake. He recognizes it right away that this person does not match the grainy video footage photo that was taken. That led to, this is facial recognition. And this is a technology that is used widely in, by the police, uh, in fighting crime and surveillance and all kinds of things. But we take it on face value. We don't really understand why that these 
that there are fundamental biases in these kinds of technologies. Particularly, they don't do well on women. They don't do well on minorities. So how do we figure out, how do you harness the power of technology yet without, by reducing these biases and these social effects they have? Tell us a little bit more about some of the topics you will cover in the podcast. So this is one idea, right? So this is facial recognition. And these technologies underneath them, there is something called machine learning. Computers learn, Russ. Isn't that pretty cool? I mean, I, you know, when we think of a computer, we turn it on, turn it off, and say, hey, do this job, and it does it. It's not just that. Computers are listening. Alexa and Google Home, they're listening to what we say, and they're learning our patterns. What does this guy like? What does he like to eat for food? When does he go to bed? How does he speak? All these things are learned by the computer, which is great if you're a user. There's so much power and potential but there is also potential for abuse. And that's what we should be thoughtful about. And tell me a little bit more about, you know, examples of guests and topics you'll discover and, and a little more about the first two episodes that have dropped, the privacy paradox and forensic technology. Absolutely. So the privacy paradox is a fascinating idea. You talk to anyone, people would say, I care deeply about my privacy. Isn't that right? Yet, what about the actions we take? We don't pay very much attention to privacy when it comes to how we interact on the computer. We just give away our privacy. So there are experts who say it's because it's too difficult, it's too hard to understand what's going on. And that discrepancy between what we think is important, but our lack of behavior to protect our privacy is the privacy paradox. And Sham Sundar, who is an expert, at Penn State, he runs a big center on this idea. He talks about it. Then there is another episode where we talk about attention. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, every, all these social media networks, they're vying for our attention, and that's called the attention economy. They make money out of it. How do we protect ourselves? How should we use social media in the most optimal way? That's another episode. The criminal justice system, for example, they use something called Compass, and that's a software program that determines when someone who is in, in jail can leave, and it gives them a recidivism score. Is this a good risk or not a good risk? Those kinds of programs are all driven by machine learning, and we have experts who talk about that as well. The Innocence Project is where they determine how technology has been perhaps misused, and that's gotten people behind bars. So the Innocence Project... We have Sarah Chu talk about it. That's one of the episodes. We also have Rebecca Wexler from Berkeley talk about how data and forensic science is used in the criminal justice system. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to listening to Life Meets Tech. Life Meet Tech. And uh, Melanie, let me ask you sort of for the series as a whole, what messages, ideas, you know, and or thoughts would you like listeners to take away from the conversations? What are you hoping people get from it? I hope that the audience finds each episode as entertaining as it is informative. I think we've really carefully curated some outstanding guests who are experts in, in these topics. And it's so relatable when you think about how you can go from just being a person walking down the street to all of a sudden being handcuffed for a crime you didn't commit. You know, that could happen, that could happen to anybody. And any of us could all of a sudden find, you know, our privacy 
being compromised because we we give it away for convenience, right? Like, do any of us really read the terms and conditions on all of these apps and websites? And do we really think about the cookie settings every time we visit, you know, a, a certain page or an online retailer? We don't, you know, we, we want convenience and the convenience of technology, but it comes at a cost. And that cost sometimes is our information and our data. So, I hope that listeners are, walk away thinking about this, you know, with some more practical understanding on how, how our day-to-day life interacts with technology and just what we, need to be, what we need to be aware of. And I also hope they're entertained. I mean, we've got some really lively, really lively speakers um, that are really lively guests that join us on the show, and they're fascinating, fascinating people. So, Russ, let me ask you a question. This is kind of a, a thought experiment, if you'd play along. Sure. Uh, let's say you have to give your credit card number and you're making a reservation. Would you trust a computer or would you trust a human? I mean, both, I guess. Maybe maybe even more the computer. More the computer. It wouldn't make a mistake writing anything down. If there was a mistake, you made it probably. Absolutely right. Okay, that's perfect answer. I have one more follow-up okay. question for you. Now, let's say someone asks you, how many times do you exercise? If it's a computer app, if it's a app, mobile app, or if I were to ask you, where, which option do you think would give us the most accurate information? Definitely the technology, because it knows exactly what you did and didn't do. <laughs> right. And also, there is no loss of face. Yeah. Because with you, if I asked you, or if you asked me, I had to say, oh, it's Russ, I don't want him to think that I'm a lazy slob. So I have to say, <laughs> oh, well, three times a day, I mean, three times a week, whatever, yes. right? But that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the computer that's called, that has a very specific name. It's called a machine heuristic. The machines lull us into believing that they are innocuous, that they don't have values. And all of that is true, that they're not judgmental. Those things are true and that they are accurate and objective. But behind the data, they have all these interesting algorithms running, and those are written by human beings. And they use the same values and the stereotypes and the biases we have, analyze the data behind it. So a machine is not inherently objective anymore. These are smart machines, and they call them socio-technical systems. So technology is not just technology. Technology is the blending between social science, humanities, and technology. What else would you like people to know about Life Meet Tech? Summarize what you'd like listeners to take away about the new podcast. There are three aspects to this, Russ. I want people to be entertained because technology is fun, and all of us love technology. I want them to be informed. Uh, just to understand what is going on. You might have heard about Astro, the new, like Alexa, for $1,000 now you can get a robot, a very cute robot at home. Just Google for it. There are wonderful ads and everything. It even comes with a you know, cup holder where you can pass beer. Uh, you know, If you're thirsty, you can ask your robot to go get something for you. So this is to inform, to tell people that they are fun things, entertain, inform, but also to be critical and thoughtful about how we consume technology. It is, there are so many benefits from it, but lurking in every one of these junctions where life and technology intersect, there are interesting dilemmas that we should sort out as a society. We cannot take it for granted.
we have a role to play. It's our data. It's our lives that are being, are intersecting with technology. And we have to coexist with technology, with finding the right balance and how we and robots and other kinds of technologies coexist. That, I think, is fascinating to me. I really can't say it much better than Prabhu just did. I would only add one more thing. I hope that the podcast makes people think. I hope it's thought-provoking. Because for me, personally, working on the project, that was something that happened every single interview, every single episode we were working on. I would walk away from it, and I would be thinking about these topics and in a way that I'd never really considered before. And that, I think, is really exciting because a podcast that not only entertains you and informs you, but also gets you thinking about things will keep you coming back for more. And I hope that the audience does. Well, episodes of Life Meet Tech publish weekly on Wednesdays through December 1st. The podcast can be found wherever you get your shows and at WKAR.org. Life Meet Tech is a co-production of WKAR Public Media and the College of Communication Arts and Sciences at Michigan State University, of which our guest Prabhu David is the dean. And Melanie Paul is the executive producer of Life Meet Tech. So, Melanie, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And Prabhu, before I let you go, just anything exciting at the College of Communication Arts and Sciences you'd like to just share with listeners? Russ, this has been a really difficult year for everybody at MSU. I have to say our community, that includes our faculty, our staff, our students that come together wonderfully, shown resilience. At the same time, they've shown a lot of capacity to care for someone. And that's the sense of community our college has done uh, we have done the best job we can under the difficult circumstances. If you look at our the progress that we have made during this year, which is remarkable, you would think that a year like this, we wouldn't have done as well. Interestingly, we have done extremely well on grants. Some very interesting data collection efforts are underway. There is a mobile unit, one of our researchers, uh, Bridget Walsh, where you go into the community and collect data about kids who have speech impediments, such as stuttering, and they're using that kind of data to inform interventions. So the creativity and the resourcefulness uh, that faculty and staff and students have demonstrated to do great work during a difficult time is something to be very proud of. Well, I'm proud of my two degrees from MSU's world-renowned College of Communication Arts and Sciences, and that's the Dean Prabhu David. And again, check out Life Meet Tech wherever you get your shows. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.